My name is Lilian Okazi. Over the weekend, three states in Nigeria had their gubernatorial elections. Kogi, Imo and Bayelsa State, respectively. Widespread voter inducement and electoral violence, which is not strange, were recorded in the governorship elections in these three states. But did this really happen? Let's hear from some reporters who had the opportunity to witness this. Baba Martins of Billy's uh, political death system from Kogi, uh, uh, part of the Billy's media trust team covering the governorial office in election. Yes, uh, yesterday we were out at early at uh, 7 o'clock uh, before the deployment of uh, the materials. Uh, Started <clears throat> and uh, when the election is uh, started after eight thirty, we witnessed so uh, many irregularities actually taking place. Uh, vote buying has uh, become uh, a sort of uh, part of uh, electoral decimal in uh, Nigeria. I hope uh, soon we'll be able to do something about it. But uh, speaking specifically about Kogi now, uh, in some of the polling units that I visited personally. The, the incidences of wood violence. Uh, you can you see people actually meeting as people come to the polling unit. There are those ones that meet people to converse and say, okay, can you vote for us? We have uh, 10,000 for you. We have uh, 5,000 for you. Like uh, the one I witnessed uh, personally, uh, we're working in groups with some other media men, then with one or two observers. We came to the, a particular polling uh, unit together, and then uh, one of the observers was not actually wearing his tag. And so one of the people met him and said, okay, can you come and uh, vote for us a particular party so that uh, we can give you 5,000? Hmm. And no, the guy now said, no, please. He has uh, other things to do. So okay. we're not asking, what type of discussion is? We're not telling us, please, this is free. So, and then uh, there was other places we went to. You see somebody sitting down somewhere, just like a stone stove from the cooling unit. Hmm. People will, some other people will speak to the voter, the voter will vote, and you can actually see some of the agents, the agents watching to determine whether the person actually voted for them or not. And then they will now signal the person, or at times they will meet the person speaking to the person. And then they will now go towards that side. But you know, the issue is this as a media person, you have your tag. Mm. When these people are trying to see you, they are already on edge. They don't want you to come close. So at times you cannot go close to actually speak with them. But once in a while, when you okay, you speak with some of the agents, what's happening? They will not uh, tell you anything is happening. Especially if it is a place that they believe is their own strong uh, areas and they are. No, they want to win that area. Okay. So that is exactly uh, what's happening. But what, cate is, but then, what category of uh, people did you see engaging in the vote buying and those that are selling their vote? Are they the youths, the old, or the young? It's mainly the, 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 the agents that actually converse. You know, there are stages. Some people sit down somewhere. Mm. But the people that actually come to converse for people to vote are mainly the youths. Mainly the youths? The youths. Okay, they are the ones that and are conversing the for the vote to be, to be sold. Yes. They are the ones that come to meet people to sell their votes. Then at times, the people that uh, disburse, like the one I saw, the people that disburse the money, and then, like in Kogi, many of them were even female. 
they will sit somewhere close by. And then also the people that they approach mainly, also, uh, I don't know how to put it, but it's also female. Uh, you know, in many of the communities, you see a, a number of uh, female voters coming around. And okay. then these people go to meet them, to talk to them, and then uh, they do their business. But uh, uh, why didn't you attempt interviewing one or two? Or is there any signal of threat or something like that, if you do that? Yes. In, in, in particular, there was a particular incident. Uh, well, actually, we did not know that uh, the person who was part of them we actually tried to interview one of the Uranfor and ask that uh, if there to have hearing something like this, is there anything? All of a sudden, the guy now became uh, aggressive. Hmm. And was now saying, how did we come about that? Who told us that something like this is happening? There was nothing like that. You understand? Hmm. Then after some time, he now went to speak with one or two of his own people. So one of our people now told us that we should be very careful with these people, that uh, they can't do anything. And then, you know, now, after... It was happening, we now step back a bit. Because some of our colleagues were still taking pictures, trying to get one or two videos for their organization. Mm. They were actually some of these boys attempting to attack one other young man, which I knew he was not actually a journalist. I think he saw what was happening too, and was like trying to record the proceedings. So uh, if, if, if you attempt to interview or to ask them why they're doing that, there is every possibility of lynching. Sincerely. Sincerely. Okay. Thank you so, you know? so much. So mm. we are very careful with some of these things. We just uh, monitor what's happening. And then to confirm, you know, as these people are raised, because if these issues have been raised across board, it's even the three states that this election is taking place. And some uh, observers who have actually, actually come out with their own uh, findings the election in Imo State was, to an extent, a peaceful one that is going by the polling unit I visited. I visited a few polling units in Oro West and Oro East local government areas of Imo State. In Oro West, I observed that um, there were a large number of registered voters, but at the time, I was there around from 8 when the INEC officials were trooping in to do the setup till about 12 when I left there. I, I observed that um, there were a large number of registered voters, but not too many people were trooping in to cast their vote. That polling unit had about 1,000 registered voters, but at the time I was there, 50 people had not even showed up to vote, and I do not know, I cannot tell if eventually before two o'clock when um, elections wrap up if they had come out to vote. But another thing that I observe is voter inducement. It wasn't even something that was done in, in hidden sight. It was in plain sight. They were a little bit obvious with it. Uh, once and, and the way it appears the party agents know these people in this polling unit. They know people in the polling unit. So they wait for you. Once you're done voting, they follow the person and you know hand over a few thousands to the person. It wasn't something that was done in hidden. I even have videos that um, people started complaining. The money sharing is not good. Those were some reporters there speaking. Though not strange, should it still be happening in Nigeria at this point? After the break, we would find out. Please stay. You 
are welcome back. This is Nigeria Daily coming to you from Daily Trust Online. In this episode, we are looking at vote buying and how it marred the just concluded governorship election. One thing that stood out for me was the fact that the buying and even selling of votes was carried out by youth. I thought the youth were the leaders of tomorrow. How did we get here? So, uh, firstly, my name is Right Honorable Shuaim Usani, the National Speaker, Youth Assembly of Nigeria, and the Senior Special Assistant to the Executive Governor of National State on Youth Affairs. It's a very sad commentary report reaching us from the three states where off-cycle elections were conducted, the state of Bogi, the state of Bayelsa, and the state of Imo. Uh, it's an unfortunate situation that young people have constituted themselves into uh, a vanguard, a negative vanguard, where they have deeply involved themselves and meshed deeply in vote buying during electioneering processes. It's a very sad commentary because we are supposed to be agents of change in our various localities with particular reference to democracy. If we do not contribute positively in changing the narratives, then who are going to, who are the people that will do it? Nobody will do it for us. Unfortunately, you will look at the perspective in twofold. In one fold, you will discover that the young people are seriously frustrated, seriously lamenting that they have not seen dividends of democracy. They will vote for an individual as a governor or uh, in any position of authority. Then instead of them to see dividends of democracy on ground, educational improvement or advancement, uh, infrastructural development, uh, roads networks, agricultural improvement, improvement in the economy, job creation, uh, unemployment has become uh, the order of the day. So young people have been lamenting and they will say, oh, this is our time for us to cash out. Then they will go and engage in vote buying. Unfortunately, they don't know that they are killing, in quotes, they are killing their own future. That is the first angle. Then on the other angle, it, is, it shows that we don't even uh, have that patriotic uh, zeal in our minds of working towards establishing uh, a very sound democratic dispensation where we elect leaders on the basis of their character, where we elect leaders on the basis of what they have done, their footprints, the legacies they have left on the sand of time. Instead of those indices to be the watchword of young people in voting leaders into position of authority. Unfortunately, the reverse is the case. Like what happened in Himo, like what happened in Baelsa, like what happened in Kogi. Uh, it's a very, very sad situation. We just mm. pray and hope that uh, we will change the narrative in the long run. If okay. not, if we continue like this, then I don't think we have a very, very bright future. I agree with you that prayer and hope are positive things that are good things for people to have. But what can we do as a nation to inculcate this issue you raised of uh, patriotism in the minds of the youths? Well, we will not continue. We will not uh, continue to sit in the four walls of our room to lament and lament and lament. We will have to go back to the field. We will have to go back to the drawing table. Where have we gotten it wrong, and how can we right the wrongs? These are some of the things that we need to do to uh, instill patriotism into the mindset of the young people. Uh, on the side of the government, it is high time the government should be responsible and responsive to their duties and responsibility as enshrined in the constitution. They should be able to provide dividends of democracy to the people so that the young people will not feel uh, hopeless by saying, oh, 
because if we vote, we voted for you for four years, we didn't see anything good. It is time for us to cash out. They should not be able to have that mindset negatively. So the government should work up to its own responsibility. Then from our own end, as young people, we should be able to work up to the reality of the time and take our destiny in our own hands by continuing engaging ourselves in lots of conversation on how we can be patriotic. Let's be able, we should be able to tell ourselves where have we gotten it wrong in the past. Uh, young people agitated and worked endlessly for the, for the independence of this country. Young people have contributed immensely to the economic emancipation of this country. Now, why is it that young people are left backward? This is the time for us to have a very, very positive conversation. And that is why, from our own end, as an assembly, we've been doing programs and activities to ensure that we revive and rekindle this very hope and instill patriotism in the mindset of our, uh, our, our youth. We take ownership of the country. That was right, Honorable Shwai Bruseni, National Speaker, Youth Assembly of Nigeria. What does this mean for Nigeria's democracy? Let's hear from a political analyst. I'm Dr. Babesle, a lecturer in the Department of International Relations, Federal University of Kashere, Gombe State. Well, uh, on the issue of board buying, the causes, the implications, and the upward, I think money politics uh, has become a norm, has become a part of our political culture in the Nigerian democratic process. And uh, board buying is one of the major tenets of uh, money politics. And the major reason behind is the impoverishment and the deprivation that majority of the population are suffering because they are deliberately allowed to wallow in abject penury. They are suffering. They could not get the basic means of decent life. That is why during any election process, whatever that comes across their way, they feel uh, it is just like a booty, something that has come pre, which are unknown today in most cases. Uh, it has a price tag on it, which they will definitely pay after the election. So I think uh, the best way to fight these manners is, uh, one, that uh, we need to be conscious. We need to be conscious in the sense that uh, I think media should be the forerunner in this perspective because uh, people need enlightenment and awareness. The policy makers will not support and will not like and will not and will even prostrate the process because it is benefiting them of course since they are the direct beneficiaries but a massive enlightenment and awareness campaign on the media platform both mainstream and social media will help immensely in a reorientation of the public and changing their perception and the narratives toward our showing money politics uh, the second way is uh, of course i think the the other agencies that are responsible in monitoring the process such as the efcc and the security agencies and the INEC, should develop the zeal to will a big stick against a big stick against the offenders and to make sure that they are being blocked and not only blocked but they are sanctioned this will go a long way in blocking uh, such attitudes in future the third way is i think uh, we need the civil societies academic and other concerned citizens and transparency and accountability organizations to ensure that they have been following clearly the process of election and they have been uh, still blowing any attempt at that so that uh, this will definitely attract a huge attention that will uh, deter those that uh, feel they can do it 
and then finally i think uh, we need to give quality education and improve on some socio-economic condition that will give a decent means of living to the citizens that was dr baba suli a lecturer from the department of international relations federal university kashere gomba state and that wraps up the show for today thank you so much for listening my name is Lilian Ogazi. Bye for now.